Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello, and welcome to the Dementia Care Partners podcast. I'm your host, Greg Phelps, and joining us once again is Tifa Snow. And Tifa, um, I got a request here from the website, which is always nice to know that somebody actually listens besides you and I and Emilio. Uh, Tifa, please do a podcast on the challenges of memory care and how to possibly find a memory care that practices and trains people in positive approach to care. Would be helpful to hear what you suggest families ask about, ask for, and watch out for if they want their loved ones to be cared for appropriately. Now, boy, I, I don't know what direction to, to take this one because lack of training is, is a real issue. Uh, they're so short-staffed that they're taking people basically off the street. They haven't even done the initial uh, training. I, I Where do we go with this? It's such a wide open topic. Yeah, it is. a it's a it's And it's a concerning topic. I think one of the things that is a real eye-opener for a lot of people is that in many states, there is absolutely no requirement that a place that identifies themselves as a memory care provider have any special training whatsoever. And if they do, many states simply use watching videos the time that you spend watching videos, you don't have to take a quiz at the end or anything, but you just have to log hours of watching video. They might have two hours, six hours, 12 hours. I mean, it's rarely more than that. And then you're good. You can lock the door. You can secure the setting. Um, you can have somebody with a medical background, like a nurse, or a, and it can be a licensed practical nurse. It doesn't have to be an RN. Um, and then you can just bring people on and they can be care providers, care support, um, residential aides, residential assistants. They don't have to be CNAs. They don't have to be any of those things for a memory care. And that constitutes care. And in some states, the ratio is one to 15. Oh, my God. Now, and I know in Canada, there's some slightly different things, but the, but the bottom line is very similar. In no state or province that I'm aware of, is there a skill demonstration requirement or a knowledge demonstration requirement that you have to know things, you have to be aware of things, and you have to have skill at things in order to provide service for people living with dementia. You can say that you have a special care area unit building, and you could have almost zero skill being used. And so it's a huge problem nationally and internationally that we don't have this. So first question is, what training is required for everyone? Um, tell me a little bit about your training program for people working in the memory care area. Tell me about your leader's training. I mean, that's one of the first questions I would ask, because before I turned over care of somebody I care about, and I think I've been doing a pretty good job, but it's getting really hard. I just don't have the resources to, I have, I have reimbursement if I go this direction, or I need to work. I mean, there's so many reasons families have to be pushed, and it is usually a push. It's not first choice. I mean, for some it is, but we have to feel like 
got to do something. Checking out your options before you get to the brink of I can't do this anymore is super important. So you have some space to navigate and, and to maneuver because you don't want to be, I have to make a decision by Friday because she's in the hospital with the UTI and, and she can't go back home again. And I, and that's often where people feel like they are and they've got to make a rapid decision. So the sooner we could be looking at possibilities, even though I don't think I, I don't even know whether I'll take that possibility if it comes up with my with my spouse, my spouse and I could go look. Um, I think one of the, let me pause. One of the trickiest things is not to be so enamored with an environment that we forget about care support as a primary focus. So being in a space and watching how people interact, what happens with staff, with the people in, and you can be invited, trust me, people want you to come and check places out sort of with guidance so that they can walk you through and show you stuff and tell you stuff, but you wanna watch and notice stuff um, as much as anything. So Greg, if I were to say, you know, oh, I have a great memory care program here. You've been around long enough. What are a few things that you think you would be picking up on given your background in PAC? Because I mean, honestly, you know, it's, we say it's not rocket science. It really is just noticing some things. What, what kind of things might you be curious well, about? When I'm walking through any sort of a facility, I'm generally immediately drawn to watching its staff interactions with residents. Mm -hmm. um, because that tells me 90% of what I immediately need to know. Yeah. And mine is I watch residents and their expectations, even of my presence. Like they look at me and go, hey, that tells me they're used to being greeted and they're used to being introduced to people who come into an area. I also look at what people are doing and where they're doing it. I look at, you know, what kind of TV programming is on or what kind of things are on the TV or what's going on in that area. And then my recommendation is always coming back at off hours because I also want to know what would be happening in the evening, in Saturday, Sunday. Um, and then I want to ask questions. Tell me a little bit about who does your training. How often do staff get updated or trained? What kind of skills would you say your staff have? Because if it's positive approach to care, they're going to say things like positive physical approach. Um, we know how to do those positive action starters. We're working on our GEMS programming. And if people are not any staff member who's connected should at least be able to say, I know a little about the gems, but the person who knows more is, is my supervisor. And I've got this card. <laughs> I mean, I would be looking for something evidence because I'm a big evidence believer. I mean, show me the With, evidence. <laughs> within five minutes of walking into a facility, Tifa, you've already analyzed the lighting. You've analyzed the floor. You've checked people's name tags. You've checked the approach. I mean, you can give a summary in probably five minutes that would take the average person a day or maybe two or maybe even a week to figure out. Yep. I'm also good at picking up on tone of voice. Like when I, I hear somebody say to somebody else, Greg, could you get Mary in her room, please? It's like, hmm. <laughs> That sounds like an invitation to a friendly oh. conversation, yes. Versus, oh, hey, Greg, is Mary around? I want to introduce her to Tipa because it sounds like Tipa's mom and Mary might be in the same kind of, you know, 
ability state. And so they might actually be good partners in crime. Um, that feels and sounds really different. I'm looking to see whether or not I'm viewing people as though they're something I'd look at, or are these human beings that I'm invited to engage with? And that tells me a lot about how um, people are viewed in a community. Let's turn the conversation briefly in a sort of a right turn. Mm -hmm. uh, is it sometimes desperation? Because I'll give you a situation. A friend of mine in Campbell River, you know where that is on Vancouver Island. Her husband is now in Victoria. That's as close as they could be. Yep. That's two and a half hours. So is that desperation? She gets down, if she's lucky, once a week to see somebody whose memory is failing. That's desperate. I mean, and that's where we are, both in Canada and the U.S. I mean, the number of staff missing, st staff missing in action, staff, we just don't have the staff to staff a lot of places. And so the number of beds people can have open is dependent on how many staff members. And even then, people are working short. They don't have enough people to fill a shift let alone three shifts, seven days a week. And so what's happening is people are also, and I'm gonna use this word, it seems harsh, but cherry picking who comes in because they need the easy care people. They don't want, I mean, they just really can't afford to take people who need a lot of attention, a lot of support because they don't have the personnel. But who are families most likely really getting to the place of I can't do this anymore? is people who need more support, more care. And so I'm just gonna say, I believe our system is fairly broken right now between, between COVID, between already having problems with enough staffing before COVID, with issues of lack of training due to both shortage of staff, but also COVID, but also lots of new people, but we turn them over and the numbers just keep going. Tipa, I, I hope we've answered the person's question. We sort of danced around a couple of issues that maybe we'll do in another uh, podcast in the yeah. future. But uh, asking questions, and if somebody really is stuck and they, they have a gut feeling that's telling them that this is not quite what I anticipated, can they talk to somebody at, at Positive Approach and, and get some signs as signals to what they should be yeah. looking for? I would definitely recommend getting up with us and just having a conversation about where you've tried, what you know, what you don't know, so that we could be supportive for you. Because when we talk about supporting somebody living with dementia, you're living with dementia. The person you care about is really getting to a place where the care is too much. You need a place where you can have a conversation because we're not trying to promote one thing or the other. I really truly believe each person's care plan needs to be that person's care plan, which is dependent on a lot of things. So unlike some services, we're not getting any commission for anything. And that's for sure a direction you want to be careful about is making sure that you're talking to somebody, um, if not us, somebody who's really listening to you and listening to the situation and trying to help you figure things out and knows the systems. So yeah, get up with us. Maybe we can help. Tipa, thank you very much. You are so welcome, Greg. You've been listening to the Dementia Care Partners podcast. For more information on our topics, products, or services, visit tipasnow.com.